Good evening and welcome to The Real Study with your hosts, Mr. Snippets. Welcome back to The Real Study, Black Girl Marvel. But I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mr. Marvelite. Not knowing anything about the film. All the movie things. You know, and like I was locked in right away. The pre-review with Super Gummy Guru. Pre-review. And me, the real study movie voice guy. Let's go to the poster wall. Good evening and welcome to the real study. My name is Mr. Snidbits, and as always, we've got to my left Black Girl Marvel. And sitting here with me also is Mr. Marvelite. No, all the movie things tonight. Uh, he is not feeling well, so everybody uh, make sure you f- you know wish him well. Um, and we will hopefully see his review of his film, uh, hopefully on his TikTok. I encouraged him, so if you guys want to encourage him as well, that'd be awesome. But we're doing Christmas movies. Are you guys excited for Christmas movies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah, of course. Unfortunately, we're the kind of family that we had it started going in November, so... <laughs> That's the way your family rolls. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Black Girl Marvel, thank you very much for the second subscription, uh, the second month, two in a row. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, the Real Study appreciates it. Appreciates it. Uh, and then these are the movies we're doing tonight. We're going to do It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, National Lampoons, Hello, Ray. And then we're doing Fred Claus as well as 8-Bit Christmas. So lots of Christmas movies, and we are not messing around. Hello, Biggie. Nice to see you guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. And let's move over to the chatting wall. I've got uh, Brian there in a picture, at least for us, uh, so that we can feel like he's here in spirit. Um, so that's the that's the big one. Uh, so why don't we say it again? Feels weird to see an empty space. It would be. It would feel really weird at this point. So he's here in spirit, and I know he wanted to be here, but he said he really is excited about next week. And I guess we can just announce next week uh, here on the show. Next week, we will be doing the entire Matrix saga, if you will, because it's turned into a saga rather than a trilogy. And that includes the newest film, Matrix Resurrections, which drops on Wednesday. And that will um, be the easiest viewing. There's a lot of viewing, but if you have HBO Max, you have access to everything on one app, and even the Animatrix is on there. So it's really easy to to get it. Um, so I'm excited. I'm a huge fan. So this is going to be awesome uh, for me, uh, considering this last weekend was the Spider-Man No Way Home giant premiere, and the world has gone gaga for Spider-Man yet again, which I couldn't say, you know, wouldn't happen of course it's spider-man um yes. i think if brian were here i would step away and let you guys chat for a minute but since he's not we're going to go ahead and skip that completely tonight um <laughs> not because i you know don't want to but this will give me an opportunity to yeah, actually not like we don't want to talk about it at all. right right no and i know you guys do and that's awesome <laughs> thank you for being spoiler free as awesome, as always um and then as soon as it does drop uh, maybe we'll do like an eternal spider-man like marvel night where we just kind of catch up uh with me uh and that way yeah. you guys can chat about it there yeah. we'll see we'll see hawkeye and... hawkeye i'm caught up on see i'm i'm caught up on hawkeye and if you guys aren't caught up on hawkeye mm. you gotta catch up on hawkeye um I'll yeah that has that has become one of my favorite disney plus shows like it's up there it's 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 great it's phenomenal Oh, I love it. And Yelena's even better than always. Like, you know, it's just amazing. She's in uh, it. Oh, oh, did I ruin that for you? 
I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought that was so obvious with the way everything's was, been going. It's, it's extremely obvious with Black Widow, so it's well, with, the, yeah. with the commercials, it was obvious, too. So. Right. You see I don't see commercials. Oh. oh, oh, you're like me. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm getting Ghostbusters Afterlife as soon as it drops, which I think is like soon, like in a week or two. It's really soon. Um, oh, so I can't we, wait. we could even just do like a, a fun Ghostbusters night if we wanted. But anyway, we've got some special guests going to be coming on the show next month as well. So there'll be a lot of fun uh, coming up. Uh, it's possible after the Matrix week that the real study might take a winter break for a week or two. Uh, I haven't discussed this with anybody, but I'm going to kick that idea around. I don't think anybody's going to say no to a little bit of a break. Um, I'm surprised we're not doing it next week, but with the Matrix drop, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Um, so we have yeah, to it's it. kind of like sleeping on something. It's like, hey, you know, one of the biggest anticipated things that we never thought we were going to get is coming out. Let's go and take a break. No, we right, cares. right. Agreed. So that's, I'm glad you agree. Um, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't mentioned it, but I, again, I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, you mean the hectic schedule we have to keep? We don't have to do that for a little while. She redeemed yeah. a movie. Oh, the book Ray club. Ray. Oh, the book club, Diane Keaton and Jane Fonda. I've heard of it. I have not seen it. I know what it is. I've seen so, it. Nice. Nice. So why don't we get on to, because I am wearing this festive hat and we are, uh, of course, rocking the Christmas trees here on The Real Study tonight. Um, hello, Mrs. Marvel. I'm good to see you as well. I never see you in the chat. Well, I do sometimes, but not often. Um, so I'm glad to see you guys Hello, all guys here. On with her too. Nice, nice. Well, we can keep it totally PG for the night if we need to do, you know, Christmas movie stuff. Although... Vacation isn't so peachy. Anyway. Well, you um, know what? You you used the F-bomb twice last episode, so we should be PG this time. I broke the rules? Yeah, you did. Shocker. Okay. Moving you're on. You're the host. You make the rules. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So uh, the movies tonight included my favorite, which is It's a Wonderful Life. I figure we'll take these in chronological order. Uh, although if we're going to get really serious chronological order would either be It's a Wonderful Life or Fred Claus. One of the two would come first, but we're going to do it by release date. So It's a Wonderful Life, released in 1946, directed by Frank Capra, starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. This is the kind of classic holiday film or Christmas film, if you will. Uh, it has been referenced uh, as many times in holiday films as Star Wars is in, in comedy or sci-fi. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, so here we go talking about this film. Now, I heard that this was one of your guys' first viewing of It's a Wonderful Life. Is that, is that right? Both of you. That's awesome. Because this is my 400th viewing of it, I think, or something like that. Oh, okay. Because I watch it every year. It's This is my Christmas movie. So I, I, I have it pretty darn memorized. Um, so then let's let's not hear what I think, uh, because if it's my favorite movie, then you guys, you know, you guys know what I'm going to say. So let's let's hear what Lala thinks of It's a Wonderful Life. I, I want you to bring up those characters, too, because I'm glad you brought them up in the Discord. Listen, I will. Okay, so this is my first viewing of It's a Wonderful Life. Mind you, I've seen, like, everything about it you know what i mean people make references to it everywhere um the whole lasso around the moon part there was a scene in this movie that i recently just watched like somebody put it somewhere i was like oh okay i, I didn't know what it was I'm like, oh okay um can i just say that jimmy stewart might have the greatest voice of all time okay we're gonna we're gonna agree Pretty let's great. just start there he might have the greatest voice of all time um 
and again, I've seen bits and pieces, like the whole, like, that a boy Clarence and the lasso around the moon. Like, I've seen that stuff so many times, so it was nice to see where it came from. It was nice to see, like, in context where it came from. Um, I will say some of this stuff was, like, <laughs> from the time that it came, like, the time that it, it came out, like, You're that old man slapping that boy like that, oh my gosh, listen. I was like, my mom would have been so <clears throat> mad. Oh, mind you, I don't know if my voice sounds weird. I'm uh, getting over a cold, so I'm like, kind of oh no. Kind of well, we're glad you're here and feeling um, better. Thank you. Um, smacking that boy, his ear was bleeding. I was like, Lord have mercy, what am I watching? I was like, what did they make me watch this week? And um, I don't know. This was a very, I will say, this is a, I could talk about this movie like for hours, but it was a very, very good movie because. Um, movies, I, I really feel like movies back in like the 40s, like 30s, 40s, 20s are very well done films. Like they, I feel like, I, I feel like they, they, they thrive from, from a very hands-on approach as opposed to like now where everything's very much like, we'll get that in post or we'll get that in, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. Like back then you couldn't get nothing in post. You had to like really get it then. And if it, you know, like there, there's no post, you know, so right. I feel like it's it's like even camera angles, and I really wish Brian was here for this because he I know you have a lot to say with like lighting and makeup and things that go because or even the people, editing in this film, right? Like, the yeah. editing. So like the these people was looking crisp. Now I have a feeling that back then makeup wasn't as popular as it is now because I watched it. Um, I didn't watch it in black and white. I was like my eyes couldn't take that, so I watched it in color. So you did the color-corrected version? I did the color-corrected version. And so I think it was part color-correction, but then also I feel like it's makeup of that time, which is very um, it's very thick and, like, heavy-laced. So everybody looks like um, really nice cartoon characters, but, like, in a really good way. Like, they don't look like real humans, but they do look like real humans. Mm -hmm. um, I will say the one black character, she was hilarious. Um... And I love that even though she was serving them, like it, it was during a time where they, they didn't like, it wasn't like a whole like, she's our worker type of thing. Like she felt part of the family. No, yeah, like, she, I think she her, lived there. Like she was part yeah, of the family. Like, yeah, like I me, mean, but they usually lived, they usually did like live with right. them like for, for the time and then they would go home on the weekends or something like that. And, but he like the, like the youngest son like slapped her on the butt. And I was just like, well, that's close. <laughs> yeah. Close little family net thingy. I will say one part <laughs> out, uh, the part where uh, what's his name? This is when uh, George is older, and he's outside the house. This is like right after he realizes that he he has to stay home and take care of the family business. Which this movie really hit me hard because I know what it feels like to to like pretty much put your dreams aside to take care of your family. Um, and I had to do that for a while. I had to like put my dreams aside. To take care of my grandmother when she was sick and things like that and help out with the family. So like this movie hit me in a way that I didn't expect it to. I was like, this is a Christmas movie. Where where's this realism coming from? And it really hit me and I um it took me by surprise. But it was a scene where he was outside and his mom came out there with him. The way they kissed each other on the mouth was very uncomfortable for me. I was very I was like, Are you guys dating or or is this your son? But anywho, um, <laughs> all in all, I thought I thought it was really good. And Clarence might be the actor who played Clarence. I need to know if he's in other things because he seems like a really good comedic actor. 
You know, we can look him up, of course, um, and I'll do that while so, we get to hear from Mr. Marvelite on his initial reaction yes. to It's a Wonderful it's Life. Forever. No, that's a great initial reaction. Okay, so I'm going to say this. When 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 George's brother slapped the uh, the maid or the, the lady's butt, mm -hmm. my first thought was, you can tell the day and time this is because that would have been highly inappropriate. Highly. Like, I'm thinking, did she consent to that? Like, that's the first thought I went through. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, you know what? If she's, like, family, that makes sense. And then I realized, like, as I'm sitting there, like, you know, the way that she was interacting with the family was very, was very, like, familial. Um, mm -hmm. She's standing there just waiting for George to talk, and he looks at her, he's like, would you like to pull up a chair and just sit here and eat with us? And she's like, if, if there was something worth hearing, and she just kind of went off. It was that banter between them was, like, <clears throat> would not have been common for the era, but at the same time, like, it, it made more sense. Because um, I would want, like, if I have somebody that's, like, part of my family that's that's taking care of my family, you know, I would want that person to be not just somebody that I pay to work there. I want, I would want to have a relationship with them because that's, that's a, that's a very deep level of, and then I thought about it, you know, even when these families have this like poor amount of money, cause they're talking about like, you know, <clears throat> having like, I have, I have $250 in the bank account and mind you for some of us who live paycheck to paycheck, that's a lot of money. But for that time, that was like a life savings in some cases. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, no, it was. Like yeah. he has two thousand dollars going to on his honeymoon, and he's going to go to New York and then to Bermuda, and they're going to buy all the finest right. stuff. And I'm sitting there like, really? Like that's what you know? That's that's how far. I'm and like, and I'm Potter like, made all of them look <clears throat> like they were in shambles. Right, and he probably had like two hundred thousand dollars. No, no, he had millions. <laughs> no. There's no doubt but, he had but, millions. So, <clears throat> coming into this film, like, mind you. Because this film is so widely renowned, you have probably seen, even if you've never seen this movie, you've probably seen a sitcom that has done a special Christmas episode like this, or there are movies that are based off of this. I was telling my wife, um, or I was asking my mom today, I said, wasn't there a movie, and I, I didn't even look it up, but there's there's a movie with Jim Belushi, I think it was, where he, um, you know, he was like, he was injured in like sports or whatever, and he had this idea of, you know, if if he would have been able to, um, you know, he wouldn't have had that problem <clears throat> where he hurt himself or if he would have played that game, then, you know, his life would have been different and, you know, what it entailed. Um, I was even thinking back. Is that uh, Mr. Around, Fantastic? <clears throat> I think it is. And then um, there's even an episode of Who's the Boss with Tony Danza back in the day that has the exact same storyline and it's all there's amazing. a billion movies like there's that. so like, many like that. And, like that yeah you know and and so so like it was very familiar to me the things i can i can really take up on this is george is one of those guys who he just did the right thing all the time um he just he just had a very strong moral compass but it was always out of reluctance and he didn't realize what he was really doing i mean when they created the whole you know the Bailey, the, the Bailey property, or whatever it was, um, the, the Bailey suburbs, essentially. Yeah, the suburbs yeah. and like all of the stuff. Like he was the most well renowned. He was the most world renowned person in that town um, because he he invested in everyone and looked at out the, of the good for everyone, but he could not see the good in him his own self. And you know he brought the best out of people, and th that was the kind of the whole thing out of this is you know you may not be rich. 
but you have this ability to bring the best out of people. And I definitely liked it. And I watched it in black and white. And I think part of the issue um, that you, you had with like the makeup and stuff is when they, with the color correction, a lot of times when they do black and white films, they never imagined that their films would ever become color. Oh, and so, yeah. So they did like heavy makeup and contour oh, to give that yes. definition, you know, right. it's heavy. like in theater, you go like you, you go and you go watch a, a, a theater production. Don't get close to them because they're trying to make sure you see them in the back of the, the house. I knew, that, I knew that immediately. When I saw and it was it. like, I was like Woo! so I don't, I did, that wasn't shocking to me when, 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 I, when I watched it. Cause I didn't have that. I was like, Oh, they, they look fine. Like you could tell like the different shades and stuff. And, Mm-hmm. But um, but it's just interesting how how things age. And the one thing that bothered me about this film was I felt like they they like blaze past the Great Dep- Depression in like minutes. Oh yeah. So the story is like, about like, George's life, not America's life. So like, but it was yeah. like they, was like they did one, the same thing with the war. They were the Great like, Depression his was part one in the day. war. Like his part in the war was one line, like the great war of yeah. Bedford falls. And then like, that's it. And then he moved past world war two, like talking about his brother. Which, and... if, which if honestly, if I'm being honest, I, during the time that it happened, which is probably around the time that all this, like depression, like the great depression, all these things, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind by- bypassing that. We live in it, bro. We get it. Like show yeah. us the wonderful life part. Like, like no, exactly. We, get it. <laughs> we didn't need the, Oh, we need to be hydrating apparently. Oh yeah. So I'm dehydrating, but anyway, uh, so the reason but I, I picked that, this, but it was like, well, let me just say this real no, quick. No, please. One of the things that kind of shocked me was like, okay, so they they blaze past the Great Depression. You've got a very quick montage to the war, you know, with him correct collecting rubber and scraps and all this kind of stuff, um, you know. But the movie was two hours and ten minutes. Oh my God! And I went into it. The last twenty minutes was the main plot, basically. Yeah. Of it's a wonder. Like I was like waiting, like when's the angel going to show up? The guy literally had probably no more than seven minutes of screen time. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. all we get for Clarence the Angel. Yes. Like, like that. It's movie George's just... story. And if you don't yeah. have that entire background of his entire life and every time that he was screwed over, it wouldn't hit as hard. We spend all that time for the payoff. The payoff is the plot. I know that sounds ridiculous, but in this movie, it's totally true. Absolutely, you're right. The plot hits as soon as he gets to the bridge. That's the but point. Every movie that's been a spinoff or like uh, that pays homage to this has never followed that recipe. No, it's, no, no, because no, they like, can't. Right into your life. Being no, no, no but but I feel like they still achieve what we saw in less yeah, yeah. Than two hours. Yeah. But I will say this though, it's. But it's, is the payoff is I good? I looked it up and I saw that it was two hours. I was like, man, this is two hours of change. I was like, Lord have mercy. When I watched it, I was like, didn't mind it. No, it's it not a just, bad two hours. It was it was just nicely done. I was like, I didn't mind it, but it was. That's what happened because when I was sitting there listening to it, and they said, you know, he's like, I wish I never was, I never was born. I'm like, but his brother and this and no, that, I, and, I was doing like, it. I'm like piecing it all together. Like, like they didn't even have to say it. They just yeah, you know. Yeah. Did you like how the town became like a really bad Reno? Because he wasn't around, Basically, like Potter, like this version of yeah. Hills. It really was like even Back to the Future kind of took from It's a Wonderful Life in a sense. Yeah. Uh, this alternate timeline thing wasn't that we, they just kind of, you know. Anyway, yep. so the reason I picked this film is that I grew up on it. Like I'm, you know, I'm in mid forties, and this was like one of the few movies that just watched on television. Um, and my parents' generation grew up on this film, so like this was the film they tried to shove a, a christmas story down our throat when i was a kid but i still just never was a fan this one hung around for I, me i hate that film honestly never and it's it. mostly yes jimmy stewart absolutely brings it in this film and i think that he has mm-hmm. a range that is unparalleled at his generational level he's the actor of his generation 
basically. But what does it for me is Capra, the director. He always embodies, if you watch any of his films, and the other one that's most famous is uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which you haven't seen that. I encourage you to watch it. It's got the same kind of feeling. It's Jimmy Stewart. It's got that same moral compass. And you feel good at the end. Not good, but you feel... Yeah, uh, like you watch something important at the end, I guess. Um, it, it has the same kind of feel, but Capra always tried to be loftier than other directors. And at the time, you didn't have angels talking to each other in clouds. You know, he was breaking the fourth wall to a degree, not really, but, but breaking the the imagination wall and becoming a little meta which in the 40s who was doing that like even cart even uh, comic books weren't really doing that so the yeah. fact that he did that with this heartwarming story is just ridiculous um jimmy stewart is fantastic in everything and you know he he lived a long ridiculously long life um listen he died in 97 i was like yo mm -hmm. i was like uh i was like 11 like 10 or 11 when he passed away like when yeah it's just like Nuts. And in this movie, he's supposed to be playing a kid from the age of 18 to the age of when he's in, in 1946, when the film takes place. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he's supposed to be in his mid 40s. So like, he's in yeah. his mid 40s in the 40s and he lived till 1997. So like, what the crap? Yeah. Wow. So I think he was like 38 yeah. when he filmed the film. Or something. And Donna Reed died the, the, the year I was I was born. Like she born, she died in 86. So she didn't even really like, I feel like she, she might have lived for like four years after her birth or something like that. I think yeah, they she both. She died in like 1986. It was in the 80s because I don't remember her very well from my childhood. No, no, no I, I looked it up. I looked it up. Oh, she okay. died in 1986. Yeah. So that's why I don't remember her very well because she was in her. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, curious, end. like, you know, when people in these movies like this kind of pass away. But um, I will, I will say this. I'll, I guess I'll put a little bit of my information out there. I don't know a lot of people know this. I think you guys know. I think I've told you this before, but I have. Uh, I don't condone anybody to do this, but I have. Uh, a, like tried to commit suicide like I did try to kill myself like years ago so um watching this movie and seeing a person so down that they feel like their best option was to like leave this earth really hit me in a way because it was pretty much like my own story it just didn't take place during Christmas mm -hmm. um but it was like pretty much my story and so like and then I, I was like I literally found myself going like oh it would have been nice to meet my guardian angel just to it was crazy because, like, I remember um, falling asleep and I literally had a dream of my own funeral. So instead of seeing, like, my life, like, if nobody, if I never was born, I actually saw, like, what it would be like if I died in a dream. Like, I had a dream about that. So, like, this movie, I don't know, this movie hit me in a way I just didn't expect um, it to hit me. It had a, it had elements to it that because I haven't seen it all, I hadn't seen it all the way through, only seen bits and pieces or, like, or, like, Mr. Marvel, I like, was talking, like, like, um, remakes and things like that um or like you know people try to like pay homage to it it was it it was very interesting to see like the direct like the directorial direction of this film because it was like i'm i don't know why i'm surprised but it was very well done you know what i mean like i'm assuming this is where a lot of people get their direction from like they get their like i used to watch frank capra films and things like that like how i watch steven spielberg films so like I should be surprised that it's actually, it was like beautifully like well done. Um, all the characters played their part. Also, I just liked the, the fact that like you could, you could see that it was about George Bailey. You could see that it was about his life. You could see those elements from the moment where the angels were talking 
which when I was watching that scene, I was like, well, that's quite interesting that the little stars and then they, when they caught him and the star appeared. And I was like, that's an interesting take on like angels in heaven talking and things like right. that. But they like, did the I literal said, heavens, the literal heavens. Exactly. Right. And I love that. And, um, the funniest, the funniest part to me is that, um, what's thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Marley. Um, uh, the funnest part is, um, Bert and Ernie. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there I pointed this out Bert to my wife. Yes. Yeah. So Bernie, <laughs> Bernie, the cop and Ernie, the taxi driver, right? Or Bert, the yeah. cop and Ernie, the taxi driver. And what's yeah. really, really funny, if you look closely and if you think about Jim Henson a little bit, he would have been the right age to grow up on this film. Uh, yeah. he, they mention a rubber ducky to each other in the first scene they're in together. Mm-hmm. So there's I a mention of a rubber duck, and there's a Bert and an Ernie, and, Bert and, Ernie. and, and they, their personalities really are identical. Ernie's so goofy, Bert Ernie. and Bert is stiff also, and a cop. Like also, they're connected. Like when he was driving in the car, and he just like he started hitting the side of the car, mm-hmm. and he was just like he got in the car, and he followed. It was just like he just knew to follow and things. Like yep. That. And and he and then when he started saying their names back to back, he was like Bert, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I was like, there's a Bert and Ernie in this film. Even if it's not true, I believe that's where Jim Henson got I believe it. Like, I believe it Jim anyway. Even if it's not true, I'm going to believe it if it's a lie. I'm going to research it. I hope so. Like, but Jim Henson probably didn't like talk. Like, why would he talk about that? Where would his inspiration come he from? Probably would. And if you think about it, what's really interesting is he was doing puppets. I know this is totally an aside, but he came up. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, you know. You know, he's my guy. Anyway, um, trigger warning for some people that don't like. Oh, if frogs. you don't like frogs, watch out. Um, so <laughs> he was actually doing Kermit the Frog back in the 50s um, in commercials and various things before he got famous uh, and started doing The Muppet Show. So Kermit was around for like 20 years before he was ever on The Muppet Show, which blew my mind when I learned that. Um, so he was doing that kind of stuff way early on, <laughs> Captain Salty Dog. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so yes, um, yeah, I'm a big Kermit the Frog um, <clears throat> aficionado, yeah. if you will, and I like the Muppets movies, but I like yeah. Kermit. So, I, feel somebody, like, I feel like Kermit is Sesame Street. Nice. Somebody hand drew like that. that. That's that's pencil, if you can believe that. You know what, Kermit should be drawn as Scarecrow. That'd be nice. Maybe later tonight, because this is a fun episode uh, and we're just kind of having fun and sillying around. But towards the end, we'll get to, and you guys can think about this as we go, uh, the TikTok one that's going around, which is take a, a movie, replace everybody with a Muppet, keep one human. We'll get to it. Uh, with that being said, uh, we only we have the three other movies still, so it's basically a half an hour per film. But the reason yeah. that this film still hits me every year is that it brings me hope, which is what I need the most during the holiday season or just year round. And I need to also be okay with the fact that if my life is ordinary, that that's okay too. Like I don't have to be an extraordinary person in order to have had a great life. And it, it reminds me of that every year. And I need that honestly yeah. every year. So yeah. I'm glad to have shared it with you. That's a beautiful story. Cause that's a beautiful story to tell to say, cause I love that his brother was like, you know, he's like, cheers to George Bailey, the richest man in town. And I was just like, that's quite beautiful. The only thing I could say with this film that I was like, at the end, I'm like, why didn't this happen? Was I wanted Potter to get justice for doing what he did. 
Like that was the You mean the stealing thing. the money, the eight grand? Yes. Again, again yes. this is George Bailey's story. <laughs> so we can make no, assumptions. Then, you know, Potter, Potter, you know, gets found out for stealing the money. Uh, he loses his business, and then the whole place is Bailey. Bailey's okay. Bedford. Okay. The reason that didn't happen is that this movie, as much as fantastical as it is, as it is, is still based in real life. Potter wouldn't go away. He would still be a thorn in their side. It's not the important part. The important part is even though he's a thorn in their side, that George and his family and their friends can still have this joy, regardless. Right. Of but Potter's also, person. I feel like it just just for Mr. Marvelite's point, I do feel though he would have slowly went out of business in some form, some fashion, because he kind of already was throughout the film because everybody was going to um, um, Bailey and Bros. And the guy makes the comment to Potter. He was like, one of these days, this guy is going to ask George Bailey for a job. So like, it's, I think it was slowly yeah. going that way anyway. Good point. Um, and the fact that the community rallied around um George and his family made it even more so that I think like if this would if they had a part two or if this would have kept going, I think I <laughs> part think two Potter it's a wonderful life. A part two you know, no, it's a wonderful life. It's still life. a wonderful life. Oh, it's still point. a wonderful life. There you go. There you go, Mr. Marvel. Life. But I think eh. that I think Potter would have that see that's where my brain went. My like this movie ended to me in, in a very inception type of way where you could like open the door to like your own like continuation. And for me, I think Potter would have, I think he would have went out of business eventually. Fan fiction. I like yeah. it. Uh, did Nick give a bunch of angels wings when he was flipping the, the change drawer? Did that happen? Well, if, if um, Clarence is to be believed, then yeah. Clarence exists and he's an angel, so I believe him. Like, that's just kind yes. of like, I believe him. I, especially when love, he gets his wings at the end. Like, spoiler. Yeah. I love for, that he's for a that, um AS2, like angel second class. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. When he yeah, you don't get wings at that level. And, what you, what the cop was in the snow. Like, like, Where'd he go? He's like, I need a drink. <laughs> I need a drink, yes. No, but I felt like the guy, I think one of the most the most real reactions, huh, is um thank you, thank you, thank you, Snitty, you got that. Um, is the when when he first shows up and they're like drying their clothes and that and that guy's like in that lighthouse oh, and that guy's like the bridge and, attendant. And the, the bridge i'm oh, sorry bridge like bridge attendant which makes no sense i ain't never seen one of those before but anywho um he was like um uh, he's like he's like no i'm an angel like from him and the guy like fell back in his chair and he just left and he like shook his head and he's like walking out i feel like if a guy told me he was an angel well as a christian i'll be like really like I'll, I'll probably believe him but this guy had a very real reaction to that to be like i gotta go because this guy is like Nuts. And I think that was great. Exactly. I thought that was well, great. Well, I think I think oh, what yeah. scared him more to some degree was that George wasn't freaking out. Um, oh, thank you, Joker. I appreciate the 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 bits, man. We nice. we Thanks, love Joker. the bits, snid bits, if you will. Um, wow. Yeah. No, oh. I I I think that the guy was freaked out both by the angel and by George acting totally like, wait, what's up? You know, this is weird. Um, the reveal in that fun. film of like as as things break down is really good too. Um, Oh, thanks, Joker. We we will. We will try. We're just doing Christmas movies tonight, so this is all just for fun and kind of relaxed. You're this is less of us. Fun and relaxed. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. true. But I think I take analysis of some movies much more seriously than others. Um, I think you guys do, too. I think it just depends on the films. Um, yeah. That aside, uh, we are going to end up rating this film, uh, but I thought I had another statement that I was going to make about it. No, I don't remember what it was. Um, 
if you do along the way, just say it. For sure. We'll oh, uh, the connection to Vacation is very interesting. And since we're going to be moving to that film anyway, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, there is a direct lift and reference to uh, It's a Wonderful Life and Vacation. And I'm not even talking about the fact that they show the film on TV. Uh, and it's and we'll get to it. But I almost feel like Christmas Vacation is the anti It's a Wonderful Life, like the opposite of the same coin, uh, which is interesting because we're going to. Anything with the Griswolds right is. Right. Um, so. Uh, I picked this film, so I'll just rate it first, and we'll just use that as the, yeah. the means. Uh, we'll, I guess we can <clears throat> flip a three-way coin over Brian's film. Um, so for me, this is a 10. I would, t If you haven't seen this film, just like my two co-hosts, I would always suggest watching it. Obviously, for those that haven't watched it, uh, it still holds up after this many years. Uh, I got my wife to sit down and re-watch it. She hadn't watched it in 15 years, really. And she, her mom hates this film for some reason. So she's always <laughs> had kind of an aversion to it. But when we watched it, she was like, oh, I see why you're trying to get me to watch this. This is sweet and cute. And I'm like, yes, ex exactly. This is why I watch it every year. So that being said, 10. And as a kid, I actually didn't like it that much. I thought it was like a six. Like I watched it because I had to, because the parents put it on. But this movie grew, like I grew up to love this film. So... Uh, Lala. Um, I thought I was going to sneeze again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. And you, if you're sneezing, it's all good. It was either that or you good. just weren't into this film. I know, right? It was one of the two, but it was the sneeze. Um, I will... Thanks, Joker. Have a good night. Um, good night, Joker. If I'm being honest, I will probably give this film a nine. Um... Because I thought it was very well done. I don't. I didn't really see any like oopsie daisies, and this should have been done, or maybe they could have did this, or things like that. I thought it was just like a solid movie from start to finish. Yeah, it was a little long, but I get it was for the purpose of the storytelling. And I mean, I watch Avengers and stuff, so like I really shouldn't be complaining about length of films. So, um, I, I give this film a nine. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and again, it it hit me in a way that I didn't think it would now i would go as far as to watch this every christmas but every other i probably would I, you know it's it'll slowly make its way into like my christmas i was gonna say by the uh, time you're film, 50 you know? it'll be coming every year but it's gonna take you know it'll to be get a, there. it'll be a thing um if i was 12 years old if i'm being honest i'm i'm black my family didn't watch this so i probably wouldn't have watched this like i would have known i knew this existed only because of my own love for films I don't think I would have ever watched this as a 12-year-old. So, yeah. And that's what a 12 -year -old I... 12-year-old me probably would have been like, oh, that's cool. I just <laughs> love hearing the different backgrounds, you know, of where we bring from film. Like, we all bring a different yeah. background of film, and it's yeah. awesome. So, I thank you. I never watched this, yeah. Never. Huh. Yeah. Mr. Marbley. Well, first of all, that statement makes it, you know, it, it kind of gives, gives you the epiphany. It's like... um Shows like and I and, and mind you, like I am so tired of a Christmas story. It's it's not even funny. I hate that movie, dude. Nalala, you've never watched that one either, right? My family did not watch the Christmas story. Okay, you're, so you're we not watched it for a completely different reason. That after the after the fifteenth time and the fact that it's on like twenty, it used to be like twenty four hours a day, on, like, all the time, seven days a week for TBS because they ran out of like they own the rights. Why wouldn't you run it? Do yeah, exactly. And so, like. Most people don't watch it out of irritation, but then no, it isn't. Most people don't watch it because it's not a reflection of, you know, of of people's backgrounds and you know, you know, their lifestyle. Why would you want to watch 
you know, a household like it was the same thing for me. Like when I was watching, um, it's a wonderful life. Like there's like certain things like, um, when they had the maid coming in and like serving them and stuff, it's like the things that I can't associate with to even consider that there's a family like back in like the 1900s, like early 1900s, like 1919, um, the, the white part of my family hadn't even immigrated into the United States yet. Hmm. So, so like, you know, we weren't even at Ellis Island yet at that point. And then, you know, the Arabic side of me, you know, my, 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 my father didn't come over here until like the uh, early eighties um, or like late seventies. So, so like, those those whole backgrounds it's nice to see them but they do, i can't relate to them right um and people don't i think we just forget about that sometimes that these things don't equate um but it's hard to rate this film because i'll be honest with you there are certain films that i do feel and after watching this i would acknowledge it this is a classic film um this is a quintessential film there are films that were ba films sitcoms everything even like snl sketches that are based off of yeah this movie and yep. so for that this is the this is the foundation this is the milestone and for that it would deserve a 10. um is it like the perfect technical and, and i guess that's where we also go to the thing is like when we scale something one to ten it's not you know this is a 10 comparatively to avengers endgame being a nine right you know, this yeah. is its own it's, it's to its own it's self every movie gets yeah. its own golf score right, right. and so for 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 that era with Jimmy Stewart and, and you think about you think about like like there are certain films that I think of that are just like quintessential films, um, the original Psycho, um, you you know um, you know this movie now, um, and then you think of things like Vertigo or you know North by Northwest in their on their own they're they're technically perfect films because they are the standard for that you Citizen Kane story yeah, setting Citizen the standard Kane. for the era right. So, so I would I would rate this as a classic, which means it has to be a ten because it's it's anything that comes after it, even if it's done in a more unique or even a better way, it's only because of the inspiration that came off of this film. Right. And with that said, as a child, I did not want anything to do with this film. Um, I was very anti black and white films. I just didn't like the whole. I'm like, we have Technicolor, which is it's really old. Like Why would I want to watch it? That was, yeah, it's like I, I knew Technicolor. I knew, you know, the more updated stuff. You know, we were into more sci-fi things. And so this was just something that was like, for me, uh, when I think of Christmas, I don't think of this film, but now I do. So that's where I'm at. I'm glad. I am glad. Can I, can I just say that this film, sure. uh, in 1990, this film was designated as a, okay, we get it. They said it as culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant, and they added it to the natural National Film Registry of the Library of Congress. Nice. So, you know. I think you know. it deserves that spot in, in Congress. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, but a lot of films have made it to the Library of Congress, more films than I think people realize. Um, uh, yeah, they more have. More of them deserve yeah. to be there. Yeah, and some that don't, yeah, some that do, yeah. some that are historical, and probably, if it were up to me, I'd burn them, but hey, that's, you know, I don't really want to do that, <laughs> but you know what I mean. In this case, I think Repo's probably in there for being the worst film. Stop. That's a, they, they have a Razzie's uh, department. Yep. It's a server. I love Razzie's, that... yes. I lo Honestly, I can't wait to be nominated for a Razzie. This is like, this is... Like repo for me is like is like going into Velocipaster. So I tried to watch Lamageddon and I couldn't get past the Lamageddon out of the back of the the, the trailer. Um, I stopped. I couldn't do it. Uh, that's how much I try to watch bad movies, but I can't do it. So, um, okay. So we are going to talk about Christmas Vacation, but the host that picked Christmas Vacation is not here tonight, and 
uh, I don't want to just, you know, go into this film and thrash it or whatever and then not have somebody to defend it if we're all going to thrash it. Um, I don't know. I know how I feel. We know what you're um, going to do. Yeah. I, I already kind of said how I felt about this movie years ago. Obviously not on the show, but um, I've had very strong feelings about uh, the Griswold saga, if you will. Um, so we could we could talk about it or we could skip right on to Fred Claus and uh, 8-Bit Christmas if you guys want. Um, or we could just chat for a minute about it and just kind of give our thoughts yeah. generally. Why don't okay, we do that? Let's see if we can do like a, let's see here. So Christmas Vacation was the third instance of a National Lampoon's vacation film. The original being, of course, the story, you know, the story of the Griswold family going to Wally World. Um, and then European Vacation was the kind of cheap knockoff, like, let's go to Paris uh, and London. And then because those were both well-received, I mean, tip, I mean for comedies, uh, then they made a Christmas Vacation movie, uh, still starring, of course, Chevy Chase and... Um, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, and then of course Jimmy Galecki as the the son, and uh, and then uh, Juliet Lewis as Daddy, the daughter. Dan. Yeah, Johnny Galecki, the one I saw Johnny his face, Galecki, I know sorry, him. Um, which okay. is hilarious. If you look at the characters of the kids throughout the films, they change actors every film. Every single film, mm -hmm. they change actors. Uh, and so it's just interesting because the kids are all kind of famous. If you go back and look at the actors, most of them are fairly famous, mm -hmm. um, which is great because they weren't when they made the movie. Um, right. I know this movie is supposed to be funny because it's meant to be like the, it's meant to be making fun of the average American family. Um, again, kind of the opposite of It's a Wonderful Life. And I know a lot of people relate to their dads being a lot like Griswold, but... Um, my dad wasn't like him. He wasn't a bumbling idiot. He just liked to get in fights, which is very different. Uh, so I didn't relate to it. I know my wife does, and I know a lot of people do, but much like you were just saying with It's a Wonderful Life and other movies, this one just didn't hit for me. And I think it, in a weird way, promotes the stupidity of the family by showing that it's a positive spin at the end rather than everybody shouldn't be these bumbling fools, but you know, it's weird to take a comedy that was meant to be satire and then turn it into this Christmas spirit thing. So that's my take. I'm gonna let you guys uh, take your take. I'll be very honest with you. I really thought that the Griswold films, all of them was a great advertisement for celibacy. Um, just not to marry. I mean, let's be honest. Like I'll be, I'm going to just come right out with it. Like there are things about Christmas vacation that I love. Um, the tree when it opens up at the at the beginning when it like breaks the windows and you know when the cat gets fried um, when it when it's chewing on the uh, the lights um, you know the, you know things that have kind of been tropes over the years because of this film those things were fun the whole like department store lingerie salesperson thing never hit well with me um, <clears throat> The um, the the behavior of the families, you know, like just how they acted with each other, um, the brother. I never I, and I'm also not a big Chevy Chase fan. Like I'm I'm just not. And so and, and I've learned that over time, like like. I'm, I've, I warmed up to Chevy Chase a little bit more recently when I was watching like the community, like like binging that. But even they didn't really like him that much. You know, it was kind of like they I mean, they they killed him off in this in the show because Whoa. like spoiler, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I do have a spoiler. Now, then, 
No, you, 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 it's your problem. <clears throat> Listen, Go I think ahead. I've given you like a, what at least a ten-year lead time on that one. I know. We can talk about the semantics of lead times later. Um, continue, <laughs> sir. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, let's face it. I'm not gonna give you that much for No Way Home once uh, the New Year starts. So you gotta give me till digital. Well, I will be. I will be announcing spoiler alert. Like, oh yeah, that's on, I'll if, you, that. if you announce say, them, be, yeah, yeah, I'll I can. I'll swipe. On my, on my but it's, I swipe, but it's like, bothering it's me because some big creators on TikTok are already saying, you know, after tomorrow, you know, it's over with. And I'm Which like, is really not still put right. Because like, there, are, there people are people that can't, can't see it in theater, or with, us with, digital folks. Like we and can't there are see like, it. Yeah, there like there was like there was like lockdowns. Like there are certain like countries that won't be able to see it for a little bit until mm -hmm. you know things like lighten up. My thing is just put a spoiler warning. I can't fault you for putting a spoiler warning. Just right. do it if that's if you're so inclined to talk about it. Sure. Yeah. Do put the spoiler warning, and that way people can because it's been a couple of times before the movie before I saw it that people were like, oh, this part. And I was like, swipe. And I was like, yeah. I can't. Like, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, it's and like dodging you. bullets. Um, yes, yeah, it, it really is. And it's hard because, because I was talking to snippets about, um, about No Way Home, not telling him anything, but just saying like, you know, there's a, there's an end credit scene. Ah, the that's a spoiler. No, I'm, kidding, no, I'm not saying like <laughs> they did, the last end credit scene had nothing to do with the character. But does that really apply to for the spoilers? And we were just sitting there like, you know, is it is it? Yes. Not? Is it really, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Like, too. Yes. All I said it, it it's does. all encompassing. Yeah. Anything yeah. that takes to... place between the opening credits and the end of the end scene in the uh, end credits. See, that's the thing. All like of I those said, things like, are it all happened after I don't even want to know who the second best boy was. Like, I don't even want to know. I'm kidding, of course. So, <laughs> Lala, let's hear your take. Existence. Let's hear your take on Christmas Vacation. Um. Okay. So, uh, I, I didn't like this movie at all. I thought this, I thought this movie was terrible. <laughs> I thought that was it. Like that. That's it. I don't like this movie at all. Um. Yeah, there are some redeeming moments, no. but yeah. I'm okay. I literally walked away a couple of times, like and let it play. Usually, if I walk away during the movie, I push pause. Oh, but like, you're just like, no, I'll figure did, it out. I was like, I'll figure it out. And I'll go to Wikipedia and read the description thing. Because usually that's what I do most of the time. I'll, like, I'll read the description thing. I'm like, I get it. This, these are parts I missed. All right. This movie was... it. You ever met a person who just can't calm down and they're always trying to be funny? That's this movie. That's Chevy Chase. It's like this movie yeah, was true. always on. I was like, somebody cut this off just a little bit. Like, give me some... Give me some... Give me some groundedness. There was nothing grounded about this film he he did some of the same like jokes like like um like he would get hurt twice doing the same thing like the, like the attic scene really irked me like you have planks for a reason right so you're how does it lock planks. from the underside if that's how you open it that makes no i'm i was just like well, and some things were some things were done just for the, the just the for the laugh funny yep. just for the laugh and i still didn't laugh like okay okay one she called the swat like my husband got kidnapped. That makes sense. One, how did they find out who house he was at? Because you didn't even, the guy had on a, you see he had on a blue leader suit. You didn't say anything about a, a license plate. You didn't know what the guy drove. You didn't know none of this stuff. How did you find out? Also, why are y'all like busting through the upside, upstairs um, windows? And on top of that too, somebody dropped down, like the camera was here and somebody dropped out. I was like, how high is he ceilings? He's he's just the company <laughs> president too. He's not a, like a Congress he's person. He's the mayor or the governor. Right, or like, yeah, that. yeah, it made no sense. I was just like, this so is, I was like. Th there's a scene in the film 
that kind of encompasses what you're saying really perfectly. So the sled scene, it's fine. It's jokey. It's cartoony. This movie has a cartoon aspect. There's some cartoon physics. It's fine. So he's sliding on the thing, which fine. I can accept this is a joke. When he slams through the very first shed where all the other sleds are being kept, that would have been a great place mm -hmm. to cut, right? Just end the joke there, fast sled. But no, he has to hit the freeway, drive down the freeway on this metal sled, go to Walmart. Away. You know what I mean? Like, you know, anyway. Yeah. So that I think I scene. Away. I think I yeah. walked away during that scene. This movie it's like was three just minutes. too much for me. Yeah. And on top of that, too, um, I don't know if I think this is. I really again, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not a Chevy Chase fan uh, at all. So I'm already kind of like in eh, with his comedy. And if I'm being honest has nothing to do with the community thing. I mean, that that added afterwards. But even when I was watching Community, I didn't like his character. Chevy Chase was on SNL back in the day, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I've noticed something with SNL actors that branch out to do movies that oftentimes the movies are never as funny as their SNL skits. Like, it's they try too hard to keep up the momentum of that small 30-second bit. Um, I thought Wayne's World did it well, but Wayne's World was also more meta in itself than, you know, but it was... Blues Brothers did it film. well, too, but it's the same kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It, it yeah, knew to make like, fun of also, But also, I feel like you're taking, like, some exceptions to, like, the SNL rule, right? Like, I feel like Chevy, uh, Chevy isn't one of those exceptions. I feel like uh, Dana Carvey is. I feel yes. like, you know, uh, and let's like, face it, Dana like can a horrible film. Eddie Murphy so is a good watch. exception. That Eddie like, Murphy he, is yeah. an exception. You know what I mean? I feel like some people are an exception. And so for me, Chevy kept doing this thing where like his eyes would get big. He would. That's Griswold. Like, that's his whole character. I, honestly, that's, yeah. I believe that's Chevy Chase. Cause okay, he, he didn't like this film, never watch he, Vegas Vacation. He, I won't watch worse. anything with a Griswold name in it, but he, um, he he did this. He did it in like I realized I was watching. I was like, why is he doing this? And part of me was like, part of me felt like it's, it was like a okay, I'm a new actor, and this is like a tick thing that I have. Like I haven't been doing this for a while. Like the tick thing that I have. But he was like I 15 years in. But yeah. then I realized that he did it in Community. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is just a part of who you are. And it's his shtick, if you will. Yeah, like it started on SNL. He did it in the first <sighs> National Lampoon's movie, so it kind of became part of his. It was very. Humor. It was. Very unsettling. I'll be honest with you. The only time I've ever seen Chevy Chase in a film that I actually liked, it was more so because he had very little lines and it was uh, Zoom with Tim Allen. And that was a terrible mm -hmm. movie in itself. I like him in Three Amigos because he's the idiot that doesn't say much, which that that's that was a good. Yeah, one too. I, this, but you had I, Martin Short and you had um, Steve Martin. Uh, Martin Steve Martin. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I love you, Brian, but this was horrible. <laughs> uh, we're going to all I think we're going to all agree on that. You know what? You know what? If he wasn't feeling bad now, he's probably going to be feeling really bad. Like, oh, uh, so the neighbors, the, the neighbors, Elaine and her boyfriend. I used to call yeah. her Elaine because I always forget her name. And no offense. Uh, like Alder. So those people yeah. are considered the yuppies and the antagonists of this film to some degree, right? But they're not they the bad guys. They are they not the bad guys. They are perfectly normal people doing their normal yep. life stuff, and they their neighbors are insane. Like they their neighbors are. Honestly, <laughs> watching this, watching this film, I was, I it got to the, it was, it was the part where he was um, putting up the lights. Um, that I was like. He's a he's the I was like he's the villain of this of this of this movie for me, because like he's doing all these things selfishly for himself, 
not listening to his family, and the wife is just humdrumming all along with it. I was like, I don't like it. I was like, I don't like any of this. Also, I'm gonna need the yuppies because they were like yuppies. I'm gonna need y'all to calm down because y'all are y'all live right next door to us. Like, calm down. Obviously, I can <laughs> afford the same house y'all can. Like, relax. But also, I get them too because they're very annoying. These people next door are extremely annoying. Why do you have all these lights up? And then here's my thing too. I was thinking to myself too. You do this every year. So are you tripping on the on the ladder every year? Are you stapling your 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 um your arm to the thing every year? Are you buying the dumbest tree every yes. year? Like it's just it was just so so here's so the problem. Much. Here's I think the reason this movie falls to pieces is that they played off of tropes from two previous films that had nothing to do with holidays. And then they're like, oh, we can take this set of tropes from these two previous movies that don't apply nowadays because they're dated and they don't work anymore. And now there's this holiday film that's cre been created out of it. And I think people have nostalgia for these films. They love them because they watched them then, not because they're actually good or because they're fun. Same thing with the Christmas story. I watch it every year just to remind myself why I hate it. I know that's weird, but I usually watch it in the background. So um, I just, I'm with you. I, this movie doesn't yeah, I, hit. It just falls to pieces kind of across the board and it's it's not like we're trying to dissect it heavily it's not like we're it's we're not, trying too hard to no. to you know we got to give it a, a chance but man base base thoughts like these are like initial thoughts i, I wasn't even partly into the movie where i was like okay so we're not gonna have any grounded moments we're gonna have like maybe three grounded moments and the rest of this is just like shit comedy mm -hmm. and it's not even that great comedy to me and i was like this is why i've never seen this before in my life because <laughs> my my essence knew that it wasn't good. Like my being knew that it just no, this is just terrible. I didn't like it at all. I'm glad I'm glad you feel this way because it's important. <laughs> it makes me feel better because I felt bad coming into tonight. I was like, I'm gonna destroy no, his Christmas said, movie. I thought Brian was gonna be here. That's why I asked you who picked this movie, and you told me who, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna hurt him because he picked this because I think he likes it. Which I think we're gonna have to discuss his time on the show if this is the movie that he. Likes. <laughs> You know what? It'd be funny if we find out that he's actually did this as a like as a pun to us. Yes, and if he did, I'm like he is solidified. And as if a that's not the case, Brian, we love you. We love you. You know. Yeah, we all have different opinions. Um, it's just three because against one on this one. He, likes, he needs to be in that insane asylum with uh, Uncle Billy because I can't. I can't do this. I. But go ahead. Oh, so let's. You, let's okay. Let's... Can we just say the best part of the film was that animated intro. Oh no! Yes, it absolutely was. was absolutely was. I was watching that like, but but if I'm being honest, I was still a little annoyed because I was like, "Ugh, this is how the movie's gonna be, isn't it?" And then I started watching it, and it was exactly how the movie's gonna be. But the animated intro was great, though. It was great. Yeah, no, no there, it's got a good soundtrack, good Christmas music. Uh, can't go wrong. Um, I feel, I feel like, I feel like wrong. they were. Now, I, I'm not sure when the time frame, but I think I'm correct. I feel like this film tried to play off of the tropes of Tom Hanks and Money Pit. Yeah. Where it was like anything that can go can go wrong will go wrong and it's that slapstick like like Honestly, disaster what's comedy. Honestly, what's the movie we watched before um, with um, uh, Steve Martin and uh, John Candy? Oh, uh, train, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Right. To me, that's a story where if it could go wrong, anything can go wrong, but it but it did it better. 
Because it laid the groundwork and made it believable. Because there was an actual story in there. Right. (laughs) So let me let me make the connection to It's a Wonderful Life real quick. Besides the generalized anti anti uh, George Mm -hmm. uh, story. So when he's finally basically losing it and he's cut the tree down from outside and dragged it inside and he goes upstairs and his wife confronts him and goes, dude, you you lost it. He's like, I haven't lost it. And he grabs the chainsaw and goes to the stairwell. The the stairwell has a loose knob, just like in It's a Wonderful Life. And instead of being like George and, oh, I love it and giving it a kiss, he freaking chainsaws it off. And of course, that's showing in almost in a metaphor that we are the anti It's a Wonderful Life. Um, right. Anyway. I prefer It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, that being said, um, maybe to spare Brian, we won't actually, no, we need a rating for the, we need a rating. Uh, let's, let's just, <laughs> just numbers, no words, Lala. Zero. <laughs> Mr. Marvelite. <laughs> I'll give it a four for the intro. Four. Uh, I'll give it a th- three just to break up the monotony. Uh, so. Man, I, I rate it high. What are you guys doing? <laughs> so wait, so it's a one because we don't have a zero on the scale. Okay. Uh, it's dead point, to her. Point one. <laughs> You're like, you said there's a one. I'm just going to put the point wherever I feel like it. That's essentially what you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Point one. I like it. All right. I'll so, never watch this movie again in my life. I, I would I would leave I'm a good. person's house. You know, you know how I usually say like, well, if my friends and somebody was like, let's watch this, I'll watch it. I will leave. I'll come back later when it's done. And again, Brian, if you're watching, we love you. We, we do. Your opinion matters. It just well, we doesn't matter We want to get much. you checked out <laughs> soon. We wanted to hear right. your opinion. That's why I want to hear a TikTok. Yeah. I want to hear why you we're love hoping, this film. And I get it. And I get it. This <laughs> one's the one. Blind Biggie said, I bet he feels a disturbance in the forest. <laughs> he might. But he's just sitting around. He's like, I have a bad feeling about this. Or, Honestly, I get, or what, what could possibly have happened was Brian rewatched the film, realized what he had asked us to watch, and did not want to come here for the aftermath. No. No, honestly, no, I think he did feel a disturbance in the forest because I told Brian like 3.30, like 3.40 this afternoon, like, feel better, Brian, you know, stuff like that. He messaged back 10.42, thanks so much, uh, I'll miss you guys. We were literally talking about Christmas vacation at that time. (laughs) I think he knew, I think he knew. Hold on, I'm going to look, I'm going to look at who's in the chat. I want to see if he's hiding out. He's not. I don't don't normally do this. I think he would have said something if he okay. was. No, maybe not, maybe not. Anyway, so we do have the pre-review with Sean uh, this week, and it is a big one. Uh, there are a lot of it huge releases being released here at the end of the year. If you want, um, we're now starting to put the previews uh, up on the Discord. So if you want to go uh, and actually check out the previews without having to dig them up, they're all there for you. Uh, with that said, uh, here is this week's pre-review. How's it going, Real Study Viewers? I'm Sean, and I'm back with this week's pre-review. This is Christmas week, and they have a lot of great movies lined up for us this week. So let's start off with choosing the red pill or the blue pill. We return to The Matrix in Matrix Resurrections. This is the fourth installment film of The Matrix series. And I tell you, it's been so long that I I am blown away. I'm a totally excited for this film it looks incredible i can't wait to see where the story goes because obviously this trailer is left pretty vague for a reason i just can't wait keanu reeves is absolutely incredible he's an incredible human i can't wait to see everybody return from the different 
series as to who's going to show up. It's just going to be a great time all around. Bring on the Matrix. Also this week, we get Sing 2. I loved that first film. It was incredible. The the cameos that they had, the songs that they had, the story that they told, every single bit of it was incredible. And I cannot wait to see where this one goes because I've seen the casting. There's a lot of good cameos. I can't wait to see what songs they use. Sing 2 is definitely one I'll be checking out. You know, there's been a lot of spy dramas over the years that have tried to take that James Bond formula and put their own twist on it, but none have done it as well as the Kingsman series. And this week we get The King's Man, which is going to tell us the prequel and the story of how the Kingsman came to be. It's going to be so much fun. The action in this one looks great. I can't wait to see what they do with Rasputin. Just from the the history they we know about Rasputin and how he's supposed to be an unkillable man. Can't wait to see what the Kingsman does with it. It's going to be so much fun. Everybody loves an underdog story. And this Christmas, we get the tale of American Underdog. It's going to tell the life and times of Kurt Warner, played by Zachary Levi, and this is, oh, it's going to be incredible. If you know the story of Kurt Warner, how he went from literally bagging groceries, trying to make the bills, it, it, work, hold a family together and everything, and then goes on to lead the greatest show on turf for the St. Louis Rams. I loved those teams. They were absolutely so much fun to watch. And whether you're a fan of the Rams or not, Kurt Warner's story is one to behold. I cannot wait to see this movie. As we move on to streaming, Encanto is finally going to come to Disney+. Plus. I've seen all the reviews. I've heard all the awesome stuff about this movie. I, I cannot wait to see it on Disney+. Plus. This will definitely be one of those. I think it's going to come out Christmas Day. So it's one of those you're going to go through your whole day of driving around, having Christmas, and you can finish it off with maybe coming home, having a nice cup of coffee, and watching Encanto with the family. Coming to Netflix, director Adam McKay is going to probably tell us a funny story about how we're all going to end in Don't Look Up. This is starring Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, who play two young aspiring scientists, astronomers, who discover a meteor that is actually coming to destroy Earth, 100% planet killer, and yet everybody around them seems to be dragging their feet the government the agencies that they seem to talk to so they go to the media and try to spread the word themselves i cannot wait to watch this movie it looks hilarious it, it feels very real for the way that we live today i hope each of you has a wonderful christmas holiday so thanks for watching real study viewers and i'll see y'all next week and we are back from the pre-review. And of course, Brian got to show up on screen before us. That's what happens when you're not live. You get to be around forever. Uh, That's what happens when you don't, when you like really bad movies like Christmas Vacation. Uh, okay, uh, so <laughs> that being said, we are going to be moving on to the second half of tonight's show, talking about the second two, uh, or the sorry, the second two, the last two 
Christmas yeah. movies that we are trying to review this week. The next one being Fred Claus. I'll move us over to the poster wall. We have knocked out It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, on to Fred Claus. This stars Paul Giamatti, Vince Vaughn, Kevin Spacey, um, Elizabeth Banks, and, oh, I always forget the guy's name, the guy that plays the elf, Willie the Elf. Yeah. yeah. I always forget that actor's name. Um, oh, and Kathy Bates for a fun little, nice little cameo kind of, not cameo, but a small bit part. Um, as you forgot Rachel Vice. Anyway, I always, it's because she thinks she's a one note actress to me, so I can't remember her. She kind of just is always what? just filling a role. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, I said it. I, I did wow. say that. The I Mummy did. and the Mummy Returns. Come on. Yeah, they're okay. Constantine, <laughs> come on. That's, uh, yeah, that's about her best role. John Michael Higgins. I don't know you. I do not know who you, uh, you are to say that about the Mummy <laughs> movies. So they're okay. They're, the, the first uh, one is fun. The yeah. second one's not that great, and the third, the third one, is, one atrocious. is terrible. We will. We can all agree on right. that. But the first right. no, two the first great. two are solid. Sir. I think the first one's solid. The second one's okay. Like it the really is. The second one is only okay. okay. The second one is perfect until you get to the CGI rock. That's what yeah, I have a yeah, that's the, yeah. Okay, so point, it was a perfect film. We we can totally have a mummy discussion uh, absolutely uh but let's talk about fred claus um because this is a movie that i thought i saw and then when i went to watch it i went no i actually hadn't seen this film um Yay, finally a movie you didn't see yeah it's it's interesting but um this lala's film so we're gonna let her uh start this film go um, ahead okay so fred claus was a movie which i just saw starred uh vince vaughn and i was like I like Vince Vaughn, so I was like, let me see what this is about. I was like, I didn't know he was in a Christmas movie. And I just watched it on a whim and then fell in love with this movie. Um, well, of course, Mr. Marvel likes it too. So um I I don't I don't know. I just think this film is like it's a great take on like a, a Santa Claus type movie without it being about Santa Claus. Like it kind of is, but it's not. It's very much like a wonderful life. It's focused on the Fred Claus character. It's focused on his life, his like kind of his upbringing, what's, what happened to him. And people all, always think about this. So I used to think about this as a child. I used to be like, well, they always talk about Santa Claus. Like he had no siblings. And then this movie kind of like answered the, the thing like, oh yeah, he had a brother. And this is what happened to him, right? And I mm -hmm. feel like a lot of stories can do that. The movie... I almost the movie I almost picked was Noel that stars Anna Kendrick and she plays the sister of Santa Claus played by Bill Hader which was a good film <laughs> which is a very good film yeah um I, seen I cried I, I teared up and cried on that movie so it was you know it's, it's a good film um but I don't know Fred Claus is just funny it had great elements to it. a lot of things came back um this is before the Kevin Spacey uh controversy um so i was not watched, prepared for him in this movie i didn't listen, expect him i don't think and i haven't watched was, a I, single kevin spacey movie since the debacle so i don't I was, this was hard was, for me that's what made it surprising for me is that he popped up in this movie um he popped up very syndrome like like i've been watching you since i was a child <laughs> like i'm angry you know um and if you don't know syndrome that's the incredible uh, get your movies guys no um <laughs> Um, but I, I just thoroughly enjoyed this film. The Kevin Spacey stuff aside, even though my favorite scene is with Paul Giamatti and Kevin Spacey when he's about like when he's yelling at him, he's like he's like, 
This because Clark Kent had glasses. Like that whole scene was great because he played like Luther. He he wanted to be right. Superman in this movie, and that just made it funny to me. Like I just felt like that was great acting in that moment. Like Paul Giamatti to me in this film is just magic. Literally, it's an authentic cape. By the way, it is a Warner Brothers film, so that is a genuine Superman Darwin's cape. By the, the way, cape, just putting that right? in. So, I, I was it. impressed because it had the thought, big yellow, you know, just, back. I just thought that scene between them two was just like that's one of my favorite scenes, you know, um, between them two. And then I always cry when Vince Vaughn kisses him on the head, and that's all he wanted was for his brother to love him. And it's just like it's so beautiful, but then it's funny at the same time. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those Christmas films that I feel is not. It doesn't feel traditionally like a Christmas film, but mm. it is, and it's funny, and it's about like. It's about letting go of some past stuff and growing up and things like that. Because because in this film, they say that if you are related to a person that's like, that meets sainthood, you are pretty much suspended in like animation. Like you're pretty much like you don't age. That sucks. Spouses don't age. All that type mm-hmm. of stuff, right? So you could so you could see the jump in centuries, like the, now they're in like modern times and stuff like that. And I get that, like they don't age. So he's literally been this child since he's literally been this bitter for for a long time like they don't they don't tell you how many years it's been but you can tell in the difference in 500 like, years maybe you you know what yeah. I mean? like it's yeah. been a nice it's been a nice long while you know it's okay been bitter <laughs> this movie doesn't like, do much in the way of telling you why anything uh it right. just assumes you should know everything about its entire lore uh and i'm talking across the board i was shocked when I didn't understand why Kevin Spacey was even there. What is this corporation that's in charge of Christmas and where are they? They're faceless and they literally are an entity that is not mentioned other than in dialogue. And they and there's no like reason. So this movie, basically, if you wanna watch this movie and have a good time, you have to just walk into it ready to completely suspend all disbelief. Yeah. Uh, because if you even start pulling at the threads of this film, I did. I pulled in a thread and I regret it. I think I should have just walked in as a comedy and just had a good time because I, I pulled at the thread at the beginning where they were like, if you marry a saint, you get in the way I figured it. Santa, Ms. Claus in this movie, like they met maybe 150 years ago. Maybe it was like post-Civil War. And that's when they settled down. And so she's only been immortal for a couple hundred years versus his like 500. I just got that impression. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe even they met in the 50s. I don't know. She mm-hmm. might've been a 50s I feel housewife. Like they, I feel like she might've been in the 50s because of just her, her the air about her. Yeah, her hair, seemed just the very, way she carried herself. Seemed very like um, doting housewifey type yep. thing. So the CGI on the faces, this is 2008. So it's kind of rough, uh, not kind of, it's terribly rough. Um, that looks like a bunch of floating faces and ludicrous the DJ. Uh-huh. There's they missed something there. They, they could have done more with his character. They really yeah. lo- like they kind of fell flat on his character. So there are moments that I struggle with, but I loved all the little ho 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 references. So like every time Paul Giamatti had to like say something, but he was like trying to exclaim, he would always say, oh, ho ho, hold on a minute there, guys. Like, <laughs> and I loved that throughout the whole film. Paul Giamatti yeah, is so. fantastic. Uh, Giamatti is magic in this film. Magic. He really is. And he, he plays a good Santa. He looks like Santa. I, I, I think it, if I was younger and watching this with an earnest, you know, uh, type I, I probably would have loved this. I really would have. I would have had a blast with it. Uh, but I watched it with this cynical adult eye last night, and I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. I, looking hindsight, I shouldn't have done that. Christmas Vacation, not 
it, you can't quite do the same because it's older. But this one is trying to give you a good message. It's trying to, it's trying really hard. So yeah. points for trying. Mr. Marvelite, see, I kind of just see, jumped I went in there. into it just, I went into it just very like, oh, it's, a, it's like a little fun little film. And that's why I love it so much now. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So... I've not ever been, I was, I was, it, it, it's not until more recently um, with um, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in the internship that I started going backwards and liking Vince Vaughn films. Um, and so I, you know, mind you, I, I didn't even know who Vince Vaughn was when I was, you know, heavily into Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. You know, he played Nick Van Owen um and that and he did a great job with it i think he played a little bit more of a straighter guy like like not yeah. so much the humorous guy you know he had his little quips but it was very like he he played yeah. a serious role and i liked that about him and then i started seeing some of his other stuff this is actually the second movie that i know of that he's done that's christmas so he did fred claus and if you have not seen it um i would recommend seeing four christmases i was gonna say four oh, christmases. Yeah, that's right. that movie, i forgot all about that, that slaps it's it's a good it's a good christmas film um just uh it's 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 a better it's better than national lampoon with the, anything that's bad could happen i think um so mind you like you're you know um Paul Giamatti, I think, does a great job. I think there's like it's it's nice to kind of see like a humorous film about Santa Claus, where you can see the family's more dysfunctional. I'm moving my hand a lot. I don't know why. I'm gonna put it down now. Um, <laughs> and and so forget it. I'm gonna do it because I can actually talk. Right. I feel it. like it was stressing your point. Very <laughs> it's well, my my Tourette's is kicking in. I have to do like repetitive things. Um, Be you, Marvel. What's that? Be you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I, I like the film. I like the idea that, you know, he he lost his spirit. And it's kind of the idea of it's not a Santa Claus mm -hmm. film. It's a, a Fred Claus film. And Fred is trying to find where his spirit is and what how he lost it. And what is he really looking for? And I started off with this film hating the parents. Um, you know, yeah. they, 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 they invalidated Fred's, you know, contributions of trying to do this stuff just because, you know, Santa went a little bit, a little bit bigger because it was more natural for him. But they could have fostered that. And you, could you imagine? And, and then at the same time, it also gave me like the ideas of like, um, it's like a dysfunctional brothers version of A Year Without a Santa Claus. Um, I don't think I've ever where, seen that one either. So it's so there's the uh, you know the old claymation where Santa Claus is sick, and so I think it's I think it's that's the one where Santa Claus is sick, um, and he just decides you know he he's he's gonna just take the year off, and Mrs. Claus ends up going and saving Christmas for everyone. <laughs> and so the whole, that's where you get the heat miser and the snow miser and all that kind of stuff. You know, those mm -hmm. old, you know, songs and stuff, but um, yeah, it's like, those, yeah. yeah, it's that idea of, you know, it's not Santa Claus, but someone's doing it. Um, so, so yeah, I, I like the film. Um, it's not my favorite. My mom would, would like, anytime the film is on, she will watch this film, um, which I don't know why, <laughs> but she, she's just like, uh, I'm like, yeah, I have to watch for a club. Oh, you you want to watch that? Like, you, do we want to watch it together? And I'm like, I really don't want to watch it. I've seen it like, you know, last year. I don't need to really watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's just not it. something that I'm like gonna go back and watch Oscar. over and over again. It's but you know, for my mom it is. So, um, well, it's weird. Is Elizabeth Banks in this era of her career played these bit parts where she was like 
the hot girl yeah. everybody had the hots for her right um this 40 year old virgin and there are like at least three others i could come up with that she's literally playing this little tiny part um and it's weird because she's so much more talented than these parts she was given um probably because she's a bottle blonde and they were like put her in a movie um which is sad but her part in this film a love interest for she's the elf non-elf elf is she really an elf though and also could they tell us where the elves came from like could they at no. least give me a reason nobody i needed does. some reasons in this movie i think that's what kept coming back to i was like can i can i have a reason why does sainthood make you live forever and if so where did god get off writing that it included parents like where did he get off saying that let's come on come on that's too far for me if i become a saint my mom is not living forever with me I'm sorry. I will find sainthood after she passes. Live, that doesn't mean they have to live forever with you. They just live forever. Yeah, but the, they the do. Saint, the term saint is a very touchy point for me because it's it's almost as if a word, like an everyday word, becomes something more than it really was meant to be. Like the term saint was just a believer. Right. And, and then they, well, let's just make these like the believers. It's like, why? Why would you do that? Like, what's the necessity of... Well, like, they said, the church, well, they, like, well, well, they said that, that he became be a he, he became a saint and like his mother already believed he was a saint, but then like mankind, I think that's the power of like belief. Like mankind made him a saint, so that it like mankind gave him that power. That's you know what I mean, it was just something that you know. So they said like it's like the narrator said it that like mankind gave him that sainthood. So like you know. I do love that Fred starts out as a repo man. I think that's a great way to bring his character in um, yeah. the discussion with the child. So where Vince Vaughn shines um, is in his quippy dialogue. And I think sometimes yeah. his writers fail him. Um, and there are a couple of moments, and I think that used to be true about Chevy too. There were moments in Christmas Vacation where when he gets on his diatribes, they can be funny, but that's about it. Yeah. Like, um, But Vince, I think, there were moments where it's like, I don't want to watch him dance with the elves. This isn't funny to me. And of course I understand that that was setting up the loose plot, uh, but yeah. they could have had him do a little more Vince Vaughn stuff in some of these scenes where he's getting these rants going on. I, I don't know that that's just me. If you're going to have a shtick, yeah, I understand that. run your shtick into the they ground. Were trying to clean him up, though, because sometimes uh, his, his quips were a little bit more raunchy. That's true. Not quite Norm Macdonald, but definitely getting down that right. road. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, Norm. Um, yeah, I, would like I don't know. To see I... More internship style rants from from um, Vince Vaughn in in this film because I thought like the way he was like the sells like he was selling people on stuff and the yeah. internship that would have worked really well with Fred Claus. Well, he could have broken right. down Christmas a little bit more and like broken yeah. it down, you know, the well, also, capitalist side also, or whatever. This this was this film was about Fred also being like not knowing himself and not knowing what he needs to do and who he needs to be. So like uh, a lot of the breakdown I feel like in his dialogue. I mean sometimes they didn't do like a Vince Vaughn like Vince Vaughn service. You know what I mean? So I agree I agree on that. But I felt like his character, it, his character was all about that he messes up and that he's quite human even though he has this like, um and like not like he he's not a saint but he has like that 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 era like that, that that on him that he's he's living forever and he still hasn't figured it out you've been living for 500 plus years and you're still like you're, you 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 you're still like in this one like like shoddy bedroom you're still doing you know apartment you can't remember your girlfriend's birthday like you're doing all these things 
Except he's still doing saint type stuff. What's Slam doing hanging out? Like, he's already no, he showing that I, he wants to be that person. Too, like, I think that's a thing too. Like, I don't think he wants to be a saint. I just don't think he understands how good he actually is right. because his family never fostered that in him. Like Mr. Marmalade was talking about, his family never like gave him like a like good job, Frederick or Fred, whatever. Like they never gave that to him. They gave all their love and all their congratulations went to Nick. Yeah, yeah. So, so Fred is a 3.5 student, and yeah, and Nicholas is a 4.0 student. 4.0, so and they're not given the 3.5 student the credit, the the just exactly. desserts, if you will. And then if you don't get that from your family, you you can't you you eventually stop giving that to yourself, and then you don't give that out to the world. Even though yep. he was he he did that for that kid, and like those are little moments. And I think when he started seeing what he was putting out, because it wasn't until he heard his own words through slam that he really realized what he was doing. Oh yeah. No, that's no, no. a good, good point, point for like, like parent parenthood in general and uh, any viewers that are parents, just remember this. It's not, it's not that a, a child needs to be successful enough. It's whatever their success is, praise them for that. Mm -hmm. um, especially if they have put in the effort to receive whatever success, no matter what that level of success is, praise them for that because that gives them the incentive to do what they even need to more. do, but also know that they're valued, even though they may not meet the the success of another individual. But they um, should value yeah. their own success based like exactly. we do with films on their own. Yeah. Use your own merits to value okay. your yeah. own success. Your yeah. brother can do whatever. Now, that's something that was interesting because they do the whole brother scene, which I thought was just a gimmick and it's fine. But they do all the famous brother scenes and it's fun to see those folks self-deprecating uh, on that level, especially watching Stephen Baldwin do it because it's Stephen Baldwin. Um, but watching Stallone's brother, watching Bill Clinton's brother uh, in these scenes, I, I was sad that I didn't get to see like Clint Howard. You know, they should have brought him in. He could have really handed <laughs> it up. Yeah. Uh, they should have brought in some some Ted Raimi, maybe uh, really bring in some maybe heavy hitter brothers and sisters. I don't um, know. I don't know. Ted Raimi is like living the life though, man. Like, Ted Raimi? What's he in lately? What's no, what's no, I don't mean like lately, but I mean like during his time, like whenever his brother was doing something, he was in it. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Like, Same with Clint Howard. Like, Clint Howard is in every Ron Howard film. Know? Like if you look yeah, closely, he's like, in almost every one. You know. So uh, the scene though just didn't hit for me, probably because they were all like C-list brothers. So like they were no, like B-list celebrities brothers, and I was like, this is cute, but I, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't. Though. I just didn't. But I don't I get, know. The scene, it felt like they could have achieved the same thing in a different way. Like it felt like a cheap scene, and cheap scenes don't last in film. It's like the Moana's joke about Twitter, like when 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 Moana or when Maui talks about Twitter, that joke will not hit in 20 years when Twitter's no longer a thing. So to me, to make a movie last long, wow. keep just kill Twitter like that. I, you know, it's a reality. When people when you watch a movie like Iron Man that talks about MySpace, doesn't it make you go, oh, it makes you cringe a little because there is no MySpace. So to make something classic and last, you have to keep those references out. And so these, you know, C-list brothers is a reference that kind of pulls you back to the to early 2000s. But I think that's, like that's for like movies like Iron Man, though, having it dated actually works for it because if it were a one-off film, you're fine. It, you know, you, you need to have that, you know, that timelessness. But because it's a part of a saga, it kind of keeps itself within that range. Sure. You can see the evolution of everything. That and it's a chronological right. saga. So you're totally right. right. It does take place and in it's 2008. Also quick it should take place so it in 2008. Yeah, yeah right. but you do. But it, but it makes sense, though, because, like, 
you can but i feel like you can find things like that in any movie and not just like from what people say from uh from 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 like areas that people go to or things that they do like you know they're like um like like in a wonderful life like um uh, the, the, um his mr gower that's essentially a pharmacy now right, right. Like, we don't drugstore druggist right. right but we don't have anything like that anymore where it's, where it's like a, a like a like a town where like you go in and you go like now it's like oh did you go to the pharmacy because we don't we don't have like single people do that anymore like mix your pills and do these things all this kind of stuff right. like he was a three-way like he was, he, yeah, he was a pharmacist like, the technician and the like right. receptionist <laughs> Like, like you had candy, you had everything. Like he, like right. he, his. You don't have one-stop shops like that anymore. So that could essentially can be dated. You have to look up to see what that is. But it's things like that. I feel like it's things like that in every movie that you would just have to watch out for. But it's hard to like figure out what to put into a movie that you know it'll like last forever. Because any any Facebook reference, because in a while it's gonna be called Meta. And kids ain't gonna. It already is. Go on Instagram and look I, down. It's on Meta. No, no, it I know. Meta. I'm not. I say Facebook still. You know what's okay. funny though? Like when you were referencing the one stop shop, you're talking about like the the, the pharmacy. Um Yeah, yeah Gower, okay. Gower's drugstore. I, I realized something last night. We were leaving the we were leaving the um the, the museum um for the screening and we're we had to use the restroom, so we stopped at a Wawa and we're my my wife had to use the restroom, so I'm waiting outside in the lobby and I'm watching that these kids are just sitting out on these these benches outside the, the gas station, you know, convenience store. And they keep coming back in to get stuff and do stuff. And that was that today is what the one-stop shop pharmacies were back then. Mm -hmm. You know, they they congregate around these places. That that's the same yeah. concept. You know, for for my generation, it was the mall. You go to the mall, you hang yeah. out at the food court. You know, and that's no longer a thing. Around. Yeah, and that's not a thing really. You have town, you know, town centers or whatever now. But for you know kids nowadays, it seems like it's the gas stations. Yeah. Really? I'm not even well, going to try to Well, at least like the Wawa's stuff. and like sheets and stuff. But You're talking got, like, food gibberish food. to me. Are those East Coast <laughs> I guess, yeah, they're like, yeah, well, well it's like, what, 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 you have like, you have like a come and go or? <laughs> we do not have that ridiculous name of a, of a place over here. <laughs> First of all, yes, I know. We do not have those. Um, <laughs> we have, Nobody will have 7-Elevens. We have a local thing here in Oregon called Dairy Mart, um, which is it's just a 7-Eleven, but it's local. Um, we have, as far as convenience stores, a circle. I think we have a Circle K. If you guys even know what that is. Um, yeah, that's really uh, yeah, heard, like Travis. Okay. I don't think we have that, but I've heard of it though. Yeah. Uh, that's it. But I really like, think I really think like these these convenience stores they have like cash and grab. Stuff, or like um, what is it? The Royal Royal? Do you like the Royal? No, oh, no, no. They have good chicken there. They See, really you guys have Hardee's. We have Carl's Jr. That's the difference. No, like, we have Arby's. We don't really have Arby's. Hardee's. Hardee's is East Coast though. It's everything past like the Mississippi. Um, that's the same company, but they put all the Hardee's on the East Coast and all the Carl's Jr.'s over behind here. That. No, and that's fair. That's fair. I think Hardee's doesn't understand that they use too much mayonnaise on literally no, it's, everything. Well, it's Ray, really, Ray, Ray, Ray has both of you guys. She has a it's, Jerry Martin. It's, okay. it's trial. It's childhood trauma. Why I don't do Hardee's. Yeah. Hardee's has like a lot, a lot of Hardee's have. It's crazy. I see a, Weird. I see Hardee's commercials because they do like Hardee's and Carl, like Carl's. They do, they do two, two things together. I think it's Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. I think mm -hmm. it's like a, a double commercial for them. Yeah. And every now and again, whenever I watch like actual TV and not streaming stuff like, which is very rare, I'll see those commercials. And I'm like, we don't even have that here. Why are you advertising that? Yeah. Usually it's because they're on their way there. They'll advertise in yep. advance for six months. Um, yeah, like so Sonic. yeah, we, I mean, we have, we have a Sonic. So like we have, you know, all the yeah, big chains otherwise. Yeah, we have a Sonic nice. 
Wendy's. You know, Wendy's is Wendy's is the okay. That's so the best fast food restaurant there is. But yeah, that's my opinion. I can't yeah. think past this now. So the reason why I don't do Hardee's is because it it goes all the way back to Ghostbusters too when it was coming out in theaters. Huh. They used to have these little proton pack noisemaker things. They're like little keychains that you could get from Hardee's, and when you pushed it, it sounded like um, the proton packs going off. But hmm. really, it was more like a like that old like the little button things that made like the little siren noise. Yeah, those eight button but noise for, things. But, yeah, but, I love but those for things. Us in that time frame, that was that was movie official, you know, merchandise. <laughs> and I finally got my mom convinced to go and buy one because I think they were like three ninety nine or four ninety nine. That was breaking the bank. <clears throat> and so we went and the day we went, they had just pulled them because kids were getting electrocuted because they were putting their mouths on it. Stupid kids. And so they recalled them and you could not find them. And you can find them sometimes on, on eBay, but I refuse ever to eat a Hardee's again after that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, that is hilarious. Let's talk about Fred Claus as a review real quick. Let's get into 8-Bit Christmas because we're going to we're gonna blow past this movie two weeks in a row, which is not going to be good. Uh, I think Neil Patrick Harris is going to come scold us if we don't review his movie. Um, I'm going to do this fast yeah, just because we've, we've talked Fred Claus uh, uh, around here a little bit. For me, it's a five. You can take it or leave it. If you don't watch it, it's not a big deal. If you watch it, do watch it with just an open mind and just try to have a good time. Don't pull at any threads. Lala. Um, this movie was my choice. So, I mean, I'll give this movie a solid eight because I watch it all the time. I, I, I love it. I think it's funny. It has its moments. Um, I feel like even elves could find love, which they did in this movie. Um, I don't need to know where elves come from because for the most part, no movie. I don't really see the movie where they do tell us where elves come from. They just happen to appear. Um, um, they just happen to just be. They come into existence when Santa Claus comes into existence. That's how I see stuff. Um, or maybe they inhabited the North Pole and he gave them jobs. Who knows? Um, so every polar bear has two elves inside? Yes, I agree. And a Coke. Um, <laughs> uh, I like that. <laughs> Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I feel like you should, I feel like people should watch it and just watch it for, for the value in which it is and not try to give it Oscar worthy, um, qualities, Mr. Mr. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I think my 12 year old self would have still enjoyed this film because she would have thought it was funny. So, yeah. See, I probably would have enjoyed this a lot more at 12. I probably would have. Probably. And don't get me wrong. I'm going to say this right now. Other than Christmas Vacation, all of these movies made me cry. So even Fred Claus, right at the end, couldn't help it. it no, of me. course, Paul. I'm sentimental. Yeah. We'll do that to you. Yeah. Oh, Christmas Cause, Vacation cause... made me cry because I had to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. um, Brian, Brian, we're sorry. Oh, sorry, Brian. I just thought about that. I know, right? Jeez. No, because I, I would like to say this before we get to Mr. Marvelite's uh, uh, ruling, his, his, his rating. I will say the part at the end where Fred kisses his brother... And he goes, ho, ho, ho. Like, and I cry every time. It doesn't matter where I've started the movie from. I cry every time because Paul Giamatti is just that magical. But continue. Sorry. I love it. I love it. Mr. Marvelite. Yeah, so I would give this a six. It's 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 not a bad film. I, you know, I enjoyed it. It's but it's it's something that after I watch it, I, I really don't I will probably end up sitting through it again because if family chooses it, it's not going to be something where I'm like, you know, I'm going to go down and, you know, play games with the kids or, or, or anything. Thing. No, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I always feel like I'm stealing from you. You are. And it's 
Okay, I love it. I think it's because we're hive mind. It's, it's just how yeah, On the next movie, home, Mr. Marvelite's going first, just so we can prevent this from happening. <laughs> there we go. No, but I mean, like, I, 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 I enjoy it, but it's like, it's not on that list of, I gotta watch yeah, it. Yeah. You know, even cringy films, like, there are some that I just have to watch because it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. that season or whatever. You know, like, uh, it wasn't even December before we watched Polar Express with my kid. Um, you know, and stuff like that. You just kind of get into those yeah. things. Fred Claus is kind of like, oh, it's on TV. Let's, you know, switch it over. But again, if you don't watch it, though, you can't, you know, there is a there is a there is a value to watching the film and there is a message that you can learn from it. And it 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 it, it teaches it in its own way. So six for me. <sighs> I liked Jack Frost. Back in the what was it early late late nineties? The Keaton film. Yeah, so I probably yeah, would I probably would like would have liked Fred Claus back then. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I, I think Jack, Jack Frost, Frost kind of holds better. Nobody knows Jack Frost exists. I promise you, they don't. Every time I try to oh, tell we watch about, it. Yeah, I've seen it many times. I, people I always tell people when Michael Keaton came back into Resurgence, and I, and they were like, I didn't know he could be. I was like, You've never seen Jack Frost, like that was my that was my well. My there's friend. a reason. There's a reason why, and it's because right at the same time that 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 Michael Keaton's Jack Frost was coming out, there was a horror film Jack Frost that was out. And parents were like, no, you're not watching this, not knowing right. that it was... I think they were the same year or the, like two yeah, years apart. Like, like they weren't like, far it apart. Was like, I, I honestly, we, we picked up we picked up the wrong one first when we got it. Yeah, and the, and the covers aren't weirdly that... Like, they are, yeah. but, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's almost like, they, you know, yeah. it, it was like a hit campaign. But it was like... So, so I understand why people wouldn't wouldn't have known about that film, but I I, I would have probably enjoyed it. I probably would have given it more like a seven or eight, as like a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it it has a lot to do. It's like sometimes people who are known for comedy, they like it, it's nice to see them outside of that comedy role sometimes. And then there are times like I think like with this film, like some of the humor just didn't hit well for me. So. Look at that. Um, you. If you haven't seen Domestic Disturbance, I will watch that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, it's a it's a serious Vince Vaughn film. So you just brought up a movie that I've been making fun of for like twelve years uh, <laughs> since hilarious. it came out. Um, I've been making fun of that movie as considered one of the worst films I've ever seen for a couple of reasons. Mostly not because the acting the acting's fine. The story's pretty mm-hmm. pretty crime drama it's fine um it's the uh there's a few really bad gaffes in it um i'm gonna say there's a dead character that lifts his leg that's weird yeah. um yeah. there's a character who gets i believe set on fire who grows twice in size because the stunt guy is wearing 80 layers um there's moments like this in this film that just kind of i've never it's been able to let him go film. it's so terrible it's, it's, it's so bad film. No, I know, but you that's know, I, why these things. Does anybody just else stick watch with me. dead bodies and like wait for them to breathe? Like you're just trying to see if they're holding yes. their breath. I wait for the yes, eye movement, the like right there. All yeah, the I'm always the critiquing time. actors. Like it's terrible, but I'm always yes. like, oh, you breathe, terrible. You're not dead. You suck. Yep. And I shouldn't do that because I'm not acting. And if I did, they everybody would laugh at me. So, anyway, that aside, we have eight bit Christmas. We have 19 minutes, and still a Muppet challenge to get to. So let's go ahead and knock out 8-Bit Christmas. HBO Max, Neil Patrick Harris, a couple other uh, people, you know, known uh, actors in the film, but not huge. Um, but it does have Steve Zahn. Uh, it does have um, 
Oh, what is her name? She's pretty amazing, actually. Um, I know it, but I can't remember it right now. I can't remember it either. Um, her name is June Diane Raphael. Uh, she plays the mom. And then uh, we also have, where is it? David Cross uh, playing a cameo role in the film. Simple story. Um, it's a story about a dad when he was a kid and trying to get a Nintendo. And that is, that's the plot of the film. Um, Mr. Marvelite, let's hear why you picked this one, and let's let's hear you go off on it. Well, I think I think mainly the reason why I picked this film was because it's actually a rather new film. We we just got it out like this. Um, we I watched it um, with family on Thanksgiving, so th that was kind of the you know, the time frame. But for me, the, the reason why I felt like this film slaps more is because of with the with the um, considering like Christmas Vacation, um, Fred Claus, It's a Wonderful Life. This was a film that I actually identified with because I remember the Nintendo craze. I remember the the parents against video, you know, video game violence and stuff like that. Um, I had a power glove. I had the power pad. You know, like like I remember, I remember a buddy who broke his television because he got so mad. Um, you know, I, I remember all of those things. I remember the cool the, the the kids' house that had all of the video games and how we always begged to go over to that kids' house and and play those games. You know, it was it, it very much it very much like hit with me. It was cool to see the whole mall thing. Um, it gave me like jingle all the way vibes. Agreed. Um, and and I think that was what I really liked about it. Um, the one scene that I remember, like, I like when, when a film can give me, like, a, a, a physical reaction to something. And the, the, the scene where he loses his sister and loses his retainer and the dad is hunting him down and he's running through and that retainer goes through the mill. And you have that moment where he puts it back in his mouth it, it gave me the same vibes as Paul Blart Mall Cop. And like that scene, as gross as it was, was cringy funny for me. And I liked it. And I thought it was like, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, I have done stuff like that as a kid. I didn't have a retainer, but you will do whatever you can to get out of trouble with your parents. Um, and so I you liked will. It. And then, yeah. And, you know, like uh, the, the whole, you know, building a, uh, you know, a treehouse thing and stuff. I, didn't I, I grew up in a single parent home so i didn't have like that connection my uncle tried to do that for me and um it reminded me of my uncle who tried to step in for me and he took me uh, to do projects and to build picnic tables and to do those things and and as much as it can be annoying when you think about like they don't understand the like what a child really wants and all this other stuff um i got that that was what you know he needed he, he his father was in a sense right but they're always Parents are never co completely correct when they're trying to do things. And we have to admit that we don't always make the right choices or we don't, you know, explain ourselves properly in a way. And it's when we try to, we, we try to express that to our children. Um, like I know my son, he, he doesn't get it sometimes what I'm trying to do, but then once it happens, he's excited and happy that it happened. Right. Um, and you, the parents, you, you, you initially just cringe at the parents because they just seem like, you know, they just don't seem like they're with it. And then as you progress through the, sh the, the movie, you know, they're starting to make a little bit more sense. Um, the kid comes to terms with his mom, with his boots, with his dad. Um, and I just thought it was, I just thought it was a nice little film. 
I wouldn't say it's a perfect film. It's not because I thought this was like the banger, but um, I thought it was just. But you had a good time with Christmas it. Time. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Nice, Lala. What did you think of Eight Bit Christmas? Um, well, you had me at Neil Patrick Harris because I love me some Neil Patrick Harris. Um, I'm, I'm a big Doobie fan. I work on Doobie Hauser, so um, I mean, I like films like this. I like Kitty. I like like let's go back in time to when I was a kid type films. Like they make these films all the time. That's a trope that happens, but it's not so much of a, a trope that happens all the time where I'm like, ugh, I'm tired of seeing it. So when it's done in another way, especially in an era in which I grew up in, um, I remember these games. I remember these things. Um, I didn't, we weren't the richest people, but we were, well, we were quite middle-class. So I was the kid on the block that everybody came to my house to play games or like to do things because we had a big basement and we, and my, my, we, I had all the toys, me and my brother, like we had things. So like, I remember we, again, we weren't rich. So it was very low budget versus what that kid had, but it was still like, we had more than most of the kids in our neighborhood. So I remember that we had a Nintendo, like we had like things like that. So I, I remember those things. So like, it was a great, like, look at my era. I don't remember a lot from growing up, but watching that did trigger some things like, Oh yeah, I remember this. I remember that. Um, but at the heart of the film is just a story about, a father, literally, a father trying to connect with his child, and it's Neil Patrick Harris trying to connect with his daughter, and while reminiscing and, about how his dad, while tried reminiscing to, yeah. how his dad how, tried to try to do the same thing. Him. Yeah. So it was just like a, a dual like story of like fathers trying to connect with their children, and it, it killed me at the end when oh, spoiler alert when you found out his father died. I was like, I knew he died. I was like, I knew he died because he was there, but to see that his daughter like knew her grandfather at least you know knew a little bit about him but was around him for a little bit that was nice and again i don't have my grandparents so again that triggered me a little bit um i thoroughly enjoyed this film i thought it was funny again i love watching sometimes i'll say sometimes i love watching films from a white perspective because y'all go through things i've never gone through in my life uh or that i or you or or, or like white characters do things that i would never do in my family because I was that afraid of my mother. I was that afraid of my, like, you know, of her finding out me doing something like that. Cause there is no way that I will come up with an elaborate plan to bust open the the school, the school bus door to go get a Nintendo. But there's no way I will come up with this elaborate plan to run across the street, do these things. Mind you, I have done some things as a child, but still, I just, it's just amazing what comes to the minds of these young Caucasian children and the people and the people that join them in these things. I think it's always funny. And, you know, it's like when I watch uh, movies about uh, uh, schools where they, uh, where they, uh, like in high school, if like they, they they dissect animals, never done that in school in my life. I'm like, it's the, I I automatically assume that's a white thing, automatically because I've never been to a school. I don't think public schools do that at all. I feel like my senior project school. was dissecting a pig fetus. Never, I never dissected anything in my life. Biology. I've never went to a school. No, like I had to like full bi- blown like I've had ET biology, style I've had like chemistry. I had all these things. Never dissected anything, so I felt like that was always like, oh, I gotta go to a white school to do that. Like now, okay, things. now, now, but some things I I equate with being okay. Without getting wildly socioeconomic, um, knowing the distribution of wealth in this country and how it's been, 
I, I'm not overly shocked uh, that some neighborhoods have been deprived of the resources oh, in sure. order to do that's those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So I, I, I have a feeling that there may be some of that, yeah. some of some of that in play. Oh, for sure. Um, because my, my thing is, I, that's why I was like living through. Like, I literally lived through the TV shows that I watched. So like, like growing up and watching like uh, kids go to bonfires, I'm like, that has to be a white thing. And then oh yeah, we did I that. Found out, I found out that it is because I would hang out with my white friends and I was my first bonfire and I think I lost part of my mind when I was there. I was like, this is a bonfire. <laughs> we really do burn fine. things at four, like, 14 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Was it really a bonfire? Did they have s'mores? Yes. Okay, did they jump the through the fire? No, but they did party around it. They were only part white, like like a and little white. Drank, we jumped through beer. the fire, like we and we were nuts. They drank beer and they party, and I was like, "This is what you do." So it's just like it's just amazing. So like this movie for me, which is a very wholesome, very like if you just want to watch. Sometimes I feel like the world needs just like a straight up wholesome type of film that like it's not breaking on records, it's not getting any awards or anything. It's just something very simple that you can watch and enjoy. And I think 8-Bit Christmas yeah. is that. And it's great for the family. Yes. Yeah. And, and then here's the thing, though. I think this is where it becomes like, like I can identify, like, first of all, I, I was terrified of my mother and I would never have done any of those elaborate plans. But I will tell you right now, my elementary school life was based off of elaborate plans on getting rich or getting what we wanted we had plots in the in the during recess um whether it be filling our pockets with indian clay to think that we could get rich to sell it to artists you know stuff like that like we would get in trouble for doing really stupid things um and um you know i grew up like my my public school was more inner city so it was very diverse and we did do the dissectings but we also were in a county that was very well off because we were close to the washington dc area so i think that also plays because you have you probably have districts and states that are that are definitely not taking care of their children the way they should and when we look when you, it's just like when lala says about these movies um if you could identify with a lot of areas of the thing then you then you better be willing to say that you did grow up with a privilege there yeah. is a privilege that comes to the fact that you did not have to worry about you know food fights or you know or, or certain mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. um, that you had the ability to make schemes to get the, you know, the, the, the more, you know, yeah. these, these, these me, I had a privilege honest, to earn the money to buy my Nintendo. That was something right. I had I a right that, to do. Yeah. So like, I, I, so mm -hmm. the, 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 this film takes place in, in 87, 87. Yeah. So yeah. I was 10 when this movie took place. So I'm a year younger than the characters in this film. And I, all the things I related to, just like Marvelite mentioned, I absolutely saved up to do my own Nintendo. So the way his story ultimately ends up is the way my story was. I wanted one for Christmas. They said no, the whole kind of thing. The part where, again, this is snidbits being a cynic, you know, uh, the part that gets me are the, the little too far over the top moments, like the kids screaming outside the rich kid's house. Like, I'm like, no, no, we all like just, we were just jealous like, of him like, and wanted us to go, but nobody stood outside the house. And of course, when the adult says cold, hard cash, I should have understood it was, it was satire, but I didn't. My brain doesn't like subtle satire. <laughs> um, subtle satire flies right past me and I go, this is stupid. And I get really mad and, and it starts to unravel. But again, it's 
this is much like How I Met Your Mother, where the entire story is being told by Ted and it's being elaborated upon. The Neil Patrick Harris characters, obviously, you know, telling the story and elaborating. And it became obvious to me when the Nintendo rolls under the bus, spoiler alert, and gets run over and it gets destroyed, which makes sense. But then afterward, it explodes. Very... Mm-hmm. you know, movie trope, car exploding kind of a thing. But also um, how a kid would feel when that happened. Right. Because I feel like... The feelings feel like are more what we happen. see. I feel like it did mm-hmm. happen. I feel like I feel like the Nintendo did get crushed by a car because, like... Right. Because the guy... Because they, 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 like, they they foreshadowed the slipping thousands of times. And the fact that this story that he always goes to, even as an adult, has right. this slip, like, this ice right here. So I feel like that happened with the blow up. I was like, oh, that's how kids feel on the inside. When they yeah, no, but even the kids <laughs> screaming outside the house, once I saw that, yeah. I was like, okay, this is an exaggeration of how they felt about this kid being rich. Uh, the power glove being used in the way that it was in the film bugs the crap not out really because that's not how that worked um yeah and it didn't just, work you know, well that was the funny part like it was it was a piece of garbage <laughs> yeah so like where he was okay and let me just tell you something right now i cannot tell you the visceral angry anger that i had when he said player stays and he used the zapper point blank to the screen i wanted to punch that little kid yeah because you knew that kid i knew that kid we all knew that kid oh what my goodness punk, yes dude. Um, so that was the trope of the kid was great. Now, the whole like parents against video games agreed, agreed. And this is where the film is both Jingle All the Way and A Christmas Story, because it's essentially a Christmas story where they have this thing that's bad for the kid and everybody's telling him no, and he has to have it, but he realizes having it isn't the most important thing. Tell me that's not exactly the Christmas story plot. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a Christmas story, Jingle All the Way, uh, with just a little How I Met Your Mother sprinkled on top, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the character and the concept. It was enjoyable. Um, but being that we have six minutes left, and I do want to hear the Muppets answer, I do want to just pull just numbers again on this one, uh, because I did want to give this movie a, a, at least a going over. Um, Mr. Marvel, I'd do the honors. What is your rating? I'd probably give this film a seven. Um, it's definitely rewatchable. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not a perfect film in any manner. It's it's more of just like a, if you enjoy like holiday films, this could be up there. Um, but I'm also kind of the guy who liked um, uh, Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Like I, I enjoyed those films. Kurt Russell? Russell. Yes. Okay. I, did, so, I did a review. I did a review in those movies. Oh, yeah. And I, I like the second one, but I the first one's still my favorite. It's it's so so I'm I'm Same. kind of I feel like it's more of like a streaming film, you know, enjoyable film to watch. Um. So so yeah, it's a seven for me, and I would have loved this as a as a twelve year old because again, I still identified with a lot of this. It would have been weird. They'd have been like, "Look at what you're doing right now. This is what's happening." That would have been a very exactly. strange yeah, film to watch. Then. Very meta. Very meta. It would have been. Of course, um, I was not. I was not twelve when I got my Nintendo. But... No. Yes, I was. I was gonna say you're younger than me. I don't think you were that age. Um. So I might yes. Be like ten. I might uh, pretend, or not. Lala, let's hear what um, you have to I'm say. I'm going to go the same as Mr. Marvel. I, I'll give this film a seven. It is rewatchable. Um, I probably won't watch it no time soon, but it but it wasn't, like I said, it was a good film. Like, I, you always had me at Neil Patrick Harris. Um, I, I think it's a good, I think it's a, I think it's a cute film. Like I said, we need more, more like Seven Heaven-like TV shows and films because, you know. <laughs> Seventh Heaven, I hated that show. I love Seventh Heaven. That's why I said it. Um, but we just need more like like this is us type, you know, very homey type things, you know, to ground mm. us. You know, everything doesn't have to be shoot 'em up, bang bang. It could be just nice and wholesome. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. I like that. Um, myself, I'm going to give this movie a 
five. Um, I don't. Oh, I said four in my head. Okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm really indifferent about it. Um, again, I did cry at the end, but my father passed three years ago, and when the dad ended up being dead, you can't put a dead dead trope in a movie and not have me ball. Yeah. Period. Sure. Like, just it's just built into me now. About, like, it's not about grandparents. Whenever right, somebody says something like, about their grandparents, I'm like, ho ho. Yeah, I just for, for me, where I teared up was when he when when she was in the house the in the uh the treehouse with Neil Patrick Harris, mm -hmm. and she's looking at all the things that connected to the stories. There are moments that I have with my uncle that are just like that, and it it that that gets me emotional. That's fair. That's fair. So this has been our Christmas episode of The Real Study, and we have decimated a few movies, talked great about a couple others, and <laughs> uh, poor Brian didn't get to be here to defend his film. Uh, we will be raiding as usual, but before we start the raid tonight, I do want to ask my co-host this question, because I have a few answers myself. What movie would you replace all the characters with Muppets? And you can either choose to have the Muppets be the actual like Muppet versions of that of that actor or like Kermit, Miss Piggy. It's up to you. Um, but what movie and what actor would you remain human? Everybody else being replaced by Muppets. Mr. Marvelite. Inception. Who stays keep human? Leonardo, keep Leonardo DiCaprio. Everybody else is Muppets. And let let them be let them be their own. And it's not, it's not that even Inception is like my favorite film. I just think it would be hilarious to watch like a Tom Hardy version Muppet um, do his thing and like all going back and forth. Like, I just think that'd be fun. Okay. Lala, what do you have? Um, I have uh, Terminator. I would like a, I would like Terminator, but I would like the only human I would like in Terminator is um, um, the, what's her name? Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Oh, Linda Terminator. Hamilton. But I meant Terminator yeah. 2 because Terminator 2 is my favorite yeah. one. Okay, so, so you'd have an Arnold and a John oh. Connor Muppet. Yes. Like, okay. I like and it. I like the it. Only, she's the only human. Yeah, Sarah Connor. Thank you, Black Baby. Sarah now, Connor. I, the, the Eagle Muppet from one of the Muppets would need to be one of the Terminators. That would just be hilarious. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. Yes. Um, so mine, um, I have several because I've been thinking about this one for a while now, but the one I, that I came up with today was uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, except each film, the only person that changes and stays human is the villain. So the first film, it's Raish. Mm -hmm. The second film, it's the Joker. Mm -hmm. And the third film, it's Bane. And they're all dealing with a, a Muppet Batman. And Nice. I, I think that would just be too wonderful. Um, too wonderful. See Batman punching Joker. <laughs> Swear to me. Uh, anyway, uh, the, take my money. I would watch it. Who wouldn't watch the Dark Knight trilogy Muppets style? Um, that being said, uh, I do have a new TikTok series. It is What If Danny DeVito. So do please come over and check me out on TikTok for those ridiculous yes, it's series. Amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know why this started, but I'm running with it. Um, Mr. Marvelite is, of course, about to go heavy into his uh, No Way Home. And information over the next uh, few weeks on his TikToks. And Same. Lala, I wanted to make sure that we highlighted your TikToks as well. Um, I am Mr. Snippets for The Real Study, uh, and we are going to rate a guy named Kyle Driver. He's also a TikToker. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get it set up now, but thank you guys for being here tonight. Ray, uh, Thanks, Biggie, Bye, uh, everybody who's watching Muncie. that did not chat, Muncie. Yeah. Captain, Joker. absolutely. Oh, and, and welcome one minute clinic or one minute critic. Did one, one minute, minute, minute critic? Did he? Where, where, did he? Did <laughs> he I? He was on here for a minute. Oh, there he is. Hello. Oh, I didn't even yeah. see him. Wow. I yeah. the chat Hello. goes by so fast. 
Well, welcome and thank you. And uh, next week we will be reviewing the entire Matrix saga. Get started now. That's a lot to watch, and we're going to oh, dissect yeah. it heavily. So, um, I'm tired just thinking about it. You guys have a great night. Good night, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.